See, this is the most important thing. Now, that's why we speak on this whole time of um, this period that we are in. We spoke about you are called. Turn to somebody, touch two, three people. Say, you are called by God. And that's one calling. You never want to press the no answer button. Because normally a telephone, when somebody phones us in the middle of the night, it can mean accident or death. So I don't like phone calls. <laughs> people phone all the time. And, uh, but what if you, somebody is phoning you, an attorney, and they sit once there at the back, and, and the, the call comes and say, you have inherited a million rand, and you didn't answer that call, and because you didn't answer, they call the next of king somebody else and say, you get it. <laughs> you will regret that moment. Because you did it. The same with the calling of God on your life. That's one call you don't want not to answer. Because that's what you were called for, designed for. Now, the, the church will never teach this stuff. They say there's one man standing on the platform. He's the main peanut in the packet. And he's going to do everything. No, 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 no. When the revival broke out in 2013, and we took over that revival from God TV, that night, it's a Saturday night, God told me, he said, you're not the man. That's now me. He said, I'm going to use the whosoever is available. So ask somebody quickly close by, say, are you the whosoever? That's why the Lord instruct me, said, and you never pray in the prayer lines alone for people. <laughs> because you're not the man. You know? <laughs> and I said, thank you, Jesus. So I'm not under pressure. God can use you to do mighty things, and he wants to use you. You say, well, Gustav, my past and my... Uh, God never consult your past to determine your future. It's a now moment of God. You can do nothing about yesterday. Tell your neighbor, say, you can do nothing about yesterday, but you can do everything about right now and the future. And that's why we are talking about you are called. You are called first to be loved by God. God said, I just want to love you. I just want to love you. He just want to love you with all your shortcomings and mistakes. And then the Lord said, because I love you, just love me back. <laughs> because that's what we call worship. We don't sing because singing is a ritual. We worship God because we were created to worship. Everything, the fact that you're in this building this morning, and it's hot here. It's better to be here than in hell. <laughs> now, now say, I get cold. No, no, I always declare hot. <laughs> now, if you think it's cold, you must think how hot hell will be. And you don't want to go there. Now, now, this is the important thing because you called it to come here. Everything you do, giving, loving, sharing, playing music, singing, whatever you do is worship unto God. Say it's worship. Then your second calling to belong. God has a family. His family is his church. You can never make it on your own. Somebody came and they told me they're pregnant and they didn't have a man. I said, 
are you the next Mary? She said, that's true. I don't know how it happened. I said, I know how it happened. You know, I know. I have children that's in the 40s and I have grandchildren that starts at the age of 12 and in the 20s. I said, I know. You know, people live in La La Land. But you were called to belong. Turn to somebody, say, wow, here's my body parts in the building this morning. We're part of each other. Here's my family I didn't know. Because your natural family is going to die, but your spiritual family, we're going to live eternity together. <laughs> we're going to spend eternity together. Help me. Isn't that amazing? And in eternity, I will be skinny. I will have another nose. Help me, somebody. Because we are a many-member body. Now, everybody, if I take my eye out and I put it there, the eye cannot see without the body. The hand cannot take without the body. Come on. The, the foot cannot walk with, without the body. We need each other. Say, I need you. Oh, that's the most difficult thing to tell somebody. Say, I need you. Because the Bible says we belong to each other. Now, this morning, we're going to talk. You are called to become. God has worked out the finest detail of your life. He numbered your the days. He count your hair. He knows everything about us. Nothing takes God by surprise. That's why I don't get on a scale anymore. I put the calculator and then I step on the calculator and I type on the calculator 76 kilograms. Because the scale lies to me. You see, family, you are called. Now, Paul addressed the Christians, and the calling is about the vessel. Say, I am the vessel. The mandate you have on the face of the earth. And listen, and the strategy. So I'm going to share with you God's strategy. How to live a great life. Not a mediocre life. Not a life of just, I will survive. Eh, eh. No, God doesn't want you to survive. He wants you to live visible. And Paul addressed the Christians in Romans chapter 8 and in verse 28 and 29. And this is so powerful because what he says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. Love God. And are called according to your own purpose. Do what you want to do and live your life as the old four trackers did. No. He said, and are called. God called you according to his purpose for them. Verse number, for God knew his people in advance. Oh, my word. 
He know you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He says, and he choose them. Say, I am chosen. Say, I am handpicked. Oh, no, no, no. You see, the enemy wants to tell you, you're no good, you're useless, you, 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 you're not worthy enough. He said, you are chosen. He chose them to do what? Just to go to heaven? No. To become like his son, Jesus. To become like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Now, so in other words, I am called to become like Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say, I am called to become like Jesus. Now, you can preach with me. I will not tell the father at the Catholic church or the reverend from the Dutch reform or your pastor. You can preach with me this morning. Now, Paul addressed the church in Philippians and in Philippi chapter 2 and verse 8 and in the NCV translation. And he said this powerful thing. Now let's read from in Philippians 2.8. He humbled himself in obedience to God. And he died a criminal's death on a cross. Now the NCV translation. Because the previous verse said that he did not put himself like a God. He humbled himself. Say humble. The most three powerful things you, if you want to live with impact and change the world, you need to have meekness to be humble, integrity, and be generous. Then you're going to make it big time on the face of the earth. Now, in the NC. Translation, NCV translation, it says, in your lives, you must think, say think, and act, say act, like Christ Jesus. He was humble. He was meek so that he can pay the high price for our lives. Now, listen, family. When I don't think and act and live my life like Jesus, it's going to happen. It will take you into captivity where you will not discover the king, the priest, and the prophet in your life. Revelation chapter 1 says, and he has made us kings. Look at somebody say, you are a king. Say, so you are a king. You see, the enemy wants to, and somebody said it, and a father and a mother, and somebody said, you're no good. You're useless. You are a freak. You're never going to make it. You're not successful. you like your mother's older brother, and who's the black sheep. Now, uh, we deal with people who heard that stories, and they adults, and they still battle with the identity of who they are. Now, a king rules. Say you are a ruler. Say the devil has not authority over you. You are the ruler. Speak it over your life. Say you are the ruler. Say you phenomenal. He created you to be a 
king. Jesus said, I give you authority and dominion over all the power the enemy possesses. He made us kings. He made you a priest. What is a priest? He hath access. I don't need to grow, go and pray through somebody to get in the throne room. Hallelujah. If you say, Jesus, he said, what do you want me to do? You have access. Say, I have access. There's a priestly anointing to function, to lift out the great calling. Then you are a prophet. What's a prophet? You prophesy your own destiny and future by the power of death and life is in that tongue. Come on, somebody. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. That's why we don't talk circumstances. We talk the solution. We don't talk sickness. We talk by his stripes we were healed. We don't talk the problem. We talk the answer and the breakthrough. Help me, somebody, in this building this morning. Because you and I are called to become like Jesus, Jesus who paid the high price. You will never be Jesus. They cannot say, hello, Jesus. No, no, no. You will become like him in his likeness, in his image. God created you that way. He said, listen, you are called to become like him. Jesus paid the high price to redeem us. Say, I am redeemed. To set you free, hallelujah, so that the blessing of Abraham can come upon you. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14 says the next thing. It says, but Christ has rescued us from the curse. The curse pronounced by the law that was spiritual death, that was sickness, and that was diseases and poverty. Now scripture here says Christ has rescued or redeemed. The King James translation talks about redeem. It's a money term. You go to now, I know you don't shop like me by ShopRite checkers or pick and pay. You smart. You shop at Woolworths. And you have that trolley full of stuff and nothing is yours until you redeem it. You give a cart or money and they say 1,250 or 20 rand, whatever you bought. And uh, then it's yours after you paid for it. It's not even yours when it's packed into a plastic bag. You must redeem it if you say, well, God's going to pay it and I'm out here. I am redeemed. They're going to mbopawena. They're going to put bangles on your arms and say, no, you stole. You need to redeem it. Satan tried to steal us. He's a thief. But Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Listen how. Having become a curse. For us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The next verse. He says, that's the reason he was crucified. That's the reason he became the curse. He redeemed you. Why? The first word spoken over mankind is, and God blessed them. Genesis 1, God blessed them. 
He says that the blessing, if it says blessings, it means certain. Here it's singular. It's the blessing from A to Z. Or like we say in America, from A to Z. So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's us, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. When Brother Ashley was saying, I am what the Word says I am, I'm the head and not the tail, that was the blessing you spoke over your life. That was the blessing of Abraham, that you were redeemed from that curse, redeemed from sickness. I was born with one kidney and spiders bit me a few years ago and we were in the great revival and I stood on the platform and zoop, God gave me a brand new kidney. I have two kidneys in this body. I can tell you of people who received the miraculous because we were redeemed from the curse of the law so that the blessing can come upon us. Now, this is very important stuff to understand because if you don't understand, you cannot serve God with an old mindset while your spirit is born again. You need to renew your mind according to the word of God. Come on. That's why you are what the word says you are. You can do what the word says you can do. You will achieve what the word says you will achieve. You can have what the word says you can have. Say victory is mine. Say I have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. So it's in the power of the blood that you are victorious. And this is important. So what was the divine force behind and in Jesus while he was on the face of the earth? John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. The word became, it was Jesus. So if the word of God is not so important, why did Jesus became the word? Help me. So that word, what was the driving force of Jesus? So that, and he said it because he says in John chapter 5 verse 30, to do the will of the Father. Now if you put on John chapter 5 and verse 30 there, you're going to see something this morning that will help you to overcome many battles that you are fighting. He says, I can, Jesus speaking, in your King James Bible, it's read, I can of myself do nothing, Jesus speaking. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because, because, I do not, I do not, Seek my, Jesus speaking, own will. But, then to your neighbor say, that's not the thing we sit on. The word but is going to help us now to understand what was said. He said, but the will of the Father who sent me. That's why when Jesus was in Gethsemane and he knew he must be crucified and he's going to shed blood. 
He said, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass me by. The cup of all the sin, all the sickness, all the diseases, all the poverty, all the calamity, all the war, of everything was in that cup. He said, but not my will, your will be done. Jesus didn't say, I came to force my own will. No, he was the lamb of that will be slain for us. He said, but to not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Say, I am called and I am sent. It's very important because if he said that, now in John chapter 20, 21, Jesus is already crucified, buried. He was resurrected after the third day and now he's ready to ascend in heaven and he stood with his disciples and he said, so Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. Say peace. He said, as the Father has sent me. As the Father has sent me. I'm going to send you different. I'm going to send you religious. No. As the Father has sent me. So you are a saint one in this life. He said, I also send you. How? Just as the Father has sent him. He said, I sent you. So Jesus had a mission. And his mission on the face of the earth, he came to save the lost. Come on, somebody. He came to restore everything Satan messed up in Genesis chapter 3. He actually distorted Adam and Eve's mind. By letting them become religious and not having relationship because he didn't say Adonai Elohim, Lord God. He said, did God Elohim say? And all the time and then in Genesis 3 and Adonai Elohim and the Lord God said. The word Lord means ruler over your life. A prisoner loses his identity and his freedom. Paul says, I am a prisoner of Christ. So in other words, I belong to God. I'm his. Look at your husband, your wife, say, I am just lend unto you. I am actually his. And tell her or him, say, and God gave you to me to take care of you. So I must take good care of you. Help me. Because when we understand in John chapter 20, 21, when Jesus said, just as my father has sent me, I sent you. So the priority of Jesus was very high. It was God's business. Say God's business. Now, now the, 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 the problem we have in this life, we carry so much luggage with us. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. We have so much life slap you. People died on you. People disappoint you. Do you know I have a weakness? You know what's my weakness? I don't believe Christians can be evil. Until I discover... Help me. 
Had you had experience? Did you have experience? People stab me with a knife in my back. Then I pull out the knife and say, isn't the knife beautiful? The handle is of ivory. It, I wonder if it's an elephant task. And this is not what, because God put us here. Because he knew people can disappoint. And people will. And that's why we, we, then we pick up luggage. Life gives you stuff. Life hurts. That's why your whole journey is described in three words. And it's normal words that happens. Number one, you're an athlete. It's not he who finished, the, who's, who's first. I was, uh, when in my young days, I did running, long distance. And I was good. But it's not that mattered who was first. I ran for the Olympics with the Olympic torch with Athens. That was a different game. That was not who's first. That was who complete the race. And it's with God the same. That's why he said, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. It's not a lot of people start. Comrades is going to be next weekend, I think. And that long running from this weekend, today. Next, running from Pietermaritzburg to Durban. Dear Jesus, help them. And, it's, and that, it's not who is only going to be first. It's that who is going to finish the race. A lot of them are not going to finish. But with God, this marathon that we are in, life is not a sprinter. It's a marathon. It's an ongoing thing. Have you learned? You're still going. Like a Boeing. You're 60 years old. Abraham discovered at the age of 100. He's still going. He made Sarah pregnant, who was 90. Help me. If Abraham was here, I would let him lay hands on me this morning. Because certain things doesn't operate as it operated many years ago. Most of us. Okay, I see some of you have gray hair. You start laughing. You get the picture. And this is the thing, people. Because what, what Paul was addressing, he says, we are athletes. Then you are a soldier. Fight. The good fight of faith. Put on the whole armor of God. Turn to somebody say, you are a great athlete. Said you are. Say, you are a soldier. Equipped with everything. So you are in a battle. And then he said, you are a farmer. So you are a soldier, you are an athlete, and you are a farmer. But when the, the author of the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 tells us what we need to do, and there you will read the, the word of the soldier again. 
He says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, your family that died, that knew Jesus and Paul and Peter, the great cloud of witnesses. Lonzelle had a vision a few Sunday nights ago and she said, I saw the great cloud. Mommy made it and Opa's there and Nikki van der Vestation and she mentioned names and my sister and everybody and she said, Nikki, you know, Nikki was killed in my car in the car accident, Nikki, big Nikki van der Vestation in uh, 25th of October 1993 and she said, Nikki was there and say, tell your dad not to give up now. Tell your dad. Now this is the thing. Therefore we have surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Anything that's not of faith is sin. He says, let us run with endurance the race <laughs> there you hear, you are in a race. <laughs> you are in a race. You are that athlete that is set before us. Satan tries to put a lot of unnecessary baggage on you so that you will not be able. What do we do when we, what does athletes do? They put on the minimum of clothes, the lightest, tacky sneakers, because they, in one thing, I'm going to win. They don't go. When I was in the army, they had a whole bag. They call it the balsack that you have to carry with everything in that bag. Man, it's so heavy. And you are in full tunic. And then you must run. And they say, I'm going to make a boy out of you. That day in 1974 in, in, at the showgrounds in Joburg, when my mother took me there, and, and then the corporal said, Oh, don't worry. I was 16, uh, just turned 17 years young. And he said, we're going to look great after your boy. I was skinny. I weighed 90 pounds. That's what, 43, 40-something 40 kilograms. And when all the parents left and they closed their doors, that sergeant major came. And he said, Yo, disadise said that some's a flippin's a troop. And I thought, Dear Jesus, never somebody spoke to me. Get on that thing. And that was a Bedford truck with wooden benches. And the little corporal is a bit older than what we were. And he was crazy. He starts speaking, and I think I'll slap you, because I was a karate champ, a junior champ of the of the Eastern Transvaal at that time. And I thought I'll slap you. Then he pulls away with that Bedford full speed. We shift wood splinters. Then he hit the brake. Then we all fall on each other. That's how the whole trip to Lanes, where I was in the army. And then we had to get a haircut, the boy that was with me. Now, they don't care. He said, don't go to short. Short backs and sides and a square. <laughs> the guy said, I'll show you short backs and say, <laughs> I mean, he cut off all the hair. Four o'clock we need to. I said, oh, Jesus, I never got up four o'clock in my life. Come on, get up, get up, get up, get up. 
You see, but he said, you're going to the border of South Africa with this war. You're either going to come back in a wooden box, that's a wood suit, a coffin, or you're coming back with a medal that you've made it. Many years ago. Now this is, you cannot have all these baggage that the enemy hurt, pain, unforgiveness. He said that, she said that. You're not a politician that somebody vote you in to be popular. We lay our lives down for the kingdom because we love God. We love God. Listen, family, he said, lay aside and I want to take you on this phenomenal journey because to lay aside this morning, you the vessel. God's got a mandate for you to impact, not only to go to heaven, but while you are alive on the face of the earth, that you will impact the world. Impact the world. He's got nations in store for you to impact the world. Come on, somebody. And the, the, the strategy is you must act and think like Christ Jesus. Now, that driving force, because what did Jesus operate by? He operated with faith and love equals the manifestation I like the English word generosity because he paid the highest price he didn't say oh no Gustav is too terrible I'm not gonna do it he hung on the cross two sinners hung on both sides the one accused him and say if you are try to fiddle with his identity <laughs> Redeem yourself from the cross. The other one said, Lord, when you today in paradise think about me. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. It's when nobody had hope that God believes in you. I believe in people. It can be the worst cases. I believe in people. I believe you can. Because somebody higher paid this phenomenal price so that we can be everything and call the heirs of God and the joint heirs with Jesus. That means everything that belongs to my father belongs to me. Say it to somebody. Say everything that belongs to my father belongs to me. That's what my children know. What my dad's is mine. Help me. We are co-heirs with Jesus. That's why scripture says, you're not sitting in a defeated place. Your emotions and the battlefields like that. He said you were crucified when he was crucified. You were buried. You were resurrected with him. You were sent with him. You are seated in heavenly places. Say, I am seated in a place of authority. So you are in a rulership. The world and family and people once let you feel you're useless, you're unworthy, you're never going to make it. But you are seated. When I moved to this town in 1980, December, 
the pastors and everybody told me, you're never going to make it in this town. This is AWB. This is a graveyard for pastors. And I told the story, the AWB cut the brake pipes, turned the wheel nuts loose, the driving shaft. They put sugar in the petrol tank. They, oh my word, they tried anything possible. You were still driving, then the, the driving shaft falls off, and then they say, oh, you made it. They cut the brake pipes. You still, there's no brakes. And I can tell you stories about stories, and it's not the mayor called me in, and because I had a multinational church, one of the first churches uh, still in the apartheid years, and then they said, I'll have you out of this town in one week. And in one week, he was out of the town with a scandal. God protected. He sent the, the, the health department to come and fumigate the church because I'm the reason for all these roaches. I, I don't have it easy. Twice nearly assassinated through the Korean mafia. We're here. They assassinated the day who owner that lived next to Mandela. Attorney phoned me. The mayor, one of the mayors years ago, whatever her name was, person who worked for her was in this church, and he went. When he opened the top drawer, they phoned me. I was in the U.S. and said, don't come back. They're going to assassinate you. And uh, so I'm not telling these stories. We never tell these kind of stories, but this is our testimony. People, because I have learned, I believe but I cannot have baggage about yesterday. It will hinder you to complete and understand the fullness of God. And that's why Jesus operate in impact. Say you are a person of impact. Jesus said you're going to do it. He said the works I have done, you will do them also and you will do greater works. Say I'm destined for greater works. That's what you are destined for. Because Jesus operated by faith when he spoke to the victory in Mark chapter 11 and the disciples asked him in Mark chapter 11, 22, he said to Peter, have faith in God, have the God kind of faith. Whosoever will say unto this tree and not doubt in his heart or this mountain, uh, cast yourself up and throw yourself in the sea and not doubt in his heart, he will have whatsoever he saith. So you are a mountain mover. To turn to somebody, say, mountain mover. Say, planet shaker. By the grace of God, we put Cryfontein and Brackenfell on the map of the world. We did it. Today in, in, in every country, you say Cryfontein. Oh, I know. Because people were here by the grace of God. Help me. So this is the thing. God didn't call you to live in the small world. You are called to become like Jesus. John the Baptist said, I must become less so that he can become more. By giving up my own will. Because it's how I want it. I will do it. And I'm getting in for a landing. Say, thank God the torment is nearly over. Because it's all about you, the vessel. It's all about the mandate that you're here to go and make disciples and teach them and baptize. Tonight we're going to baptize. Last weekend we baptized in the morning service, evening service. Tonight we have a lot of people to be baptized. If you're not baptized, 
and you understand why, do it. And this is the thing, people, and it's about the strategy. What happens when I operate in the generous will of God, in other words, as his vessel? Jesus preached to a crowd. Theologians said there was between 15,000 to 25, 30,000 people. He said to the disciples, give you something for them to eat. And you know how we are? Excuses. Too cold, too hot, too young, too old, too skinny, too fat. We have excuses. Too much, too less. Because they say, and we don't have the money. McDonald's, the patties didn't fax through from America yet. So there's no McDonald's hamburgers. No, the patties there is this thick here. It's paper thin. They fax it through. You must look there at the back. They've got faxes. Boom, 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 boom. It comes through. Not really. Kentucky, there's bird flu. So Colonel Saunders couldn't do Kentucky fried. Ocean basket doesn't catch the fish. But here's a little boy with five loaves and two fishes. And that loaves is not omasa burbrut. Small loaves. Small fishes. That was enough for Jesus. He's going to demonstrate now the passion was about people. Our whole journey is about people. Well, only my family. No, you have the whole world. Your family is highly important. But it's about people. I raised my children under the chairs. I preach about the love of God, then they were naughty. I picked them up with the one hand and preach about the love of God and hit them with the other hand and stuck them back on the chair and I go on. It's true. That's why all my children serve God today, grandchildren. See what happened? They handed to Jesus. And he started thanking. Now the miracle didn't happen in his hand. The miracle happened in the disciples' hand who had to operate. You take five loaves, you divide it in 12, and you took two little fishes and you divide it in 12. He handed to each disciple, 12 of them, and he said, you give them to eat. Now think about thousands of people. And each disciple got maybe this size. And then they start feeding. And the miracle keep on happening in their hands. After they fed 20, 25,000, even if they had to feed 100 with that, that was already a miracle. But the scripture says 5,000 men, women and children was not counted in that thing. After they fed everybody and they had enough to eat, Jesus said, okay, go and see the leftovers. Twelve baskets of leftovers of five loaves and two fishes after a crowd was fed. That little boy went home. He gave five and two, but he went home with twelve baskets of leftover miracles. Faith plus love 
operates in impact that is generosity. Now the scripture tells us this thing. And let me give you one, two things like I did in the eight o'clock service and then we're done. Because you can never fulfill God's purpose for your life. All by yourself, you need people. The areas of scripture you ignore will be the area where Satan will attack you because he knows there's no power in that area in your life. What does he fear? The word. What is the word? Hebrews 4.12, it's a sharper than any two-edged sword. It's an energizing, active word. <laughs> the word is a sword. Ephesians chapter 6 says, it's a sword in your hand. Help me. So what happens here is, what happens when I need to become like Jesus and I operate in generosity? Generosity. Number one, Musicians can come. Generosity honors God. Your generosity honors God. Your time, your love. I love people. Sometimes I hug people. Then I think, dear Jesus. Sometimes I hug people. Then I go, oh, tissue. Because that's that pink rose perfume, that cheap one, you know, from pep stores. But I don't care. I just want to love people and believe they can. Generosity honors God. Second Corinthians chapter 9.30, New Living Translation. You will be glorifying God through your generous gifts. Your generosity will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. It was generosity of my sister-in-law in 1969. She invited me to a service. My father was a preacher. And uh, coming out of a generation of Dutch Reformed Dominus, and then my father rebelled and he became a new apostolic preacher. And on a Friday night in November 69, my sister-in-law, we were in school. I later married her sister, the children's mother. She invited me to this meeting. I have never been in a service like that because the old people say, stay away from them. I didn't understand what was happening. Pastor and Sister Brits, he didn't have teeth in his mouth and he, he kisses like that. What's I fissa? A barber, a catfish. He kissed everybody and I thought, dear Jesus, you know, a child at 13, you go like this and he suck you like a green clean machine. His wife had that stockings on that they had to draw the pencil. Dear Jesus, thank God they did that they don't hear what I'm saying right now. And they start speaking in tongues. And they sing a song, the first song I ever heard, Oh Calvary, Oh Calvary. It was for me that Jesus died on Calvary. And then they spoke in tongues. And my nature, you can see, I am 
the Joy magazine that they write up, they say, he should have been a stand-up comedian. So they speak in tongues, then I go, poor, 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 poor. Yeah, papaya, papaya. Yeah, banana, 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 apple. Because I don't understand what they were saying. And the next moment she grabbed me behind my neck. She had a mussy here with hair, black hair. She looks like the Gestapo with a bun. She grabbed me on my neck and she said, you're going to hell. Do you know Jesus? I don't know what she talk. I said, I'm going to church every Sunday and Wednesday night. She said, do you know Jesus? You're going to hell. I said, again. she said, you're going to hell. And then I start crying and something happened and I prayed the sinner's prayer. That's 53 years ago. Jesus, long time. Because family, it's their generosity. It brings honor to God. Proverbs 14.31 ESV translation. Whoever is generous to the needy honors God. They can put any translation up. There's 12 qualities when I follow and operate like Jesus. I'm generous. I share love. Love is not only words. Don't tell me action is louder than words. He says, he who gives to the poor lends unto the Lord. Second thing, there it is. Those who oppress the poor insult their maker, but helping the poor honors him. Honors him. Second thing about to be like Jesus, generosity makes me more like Jesus. That people can see the Lord in us. I don't need to tell them I'm a happy clappy and a happy bappy. They need to see Jesus with my actions and my love and with my generosity. Deuteronomy 14, 23, L, the B translation, Living Bible, the purpose of giving, of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. How will God know that He is first when I seek first the kingdom? Do it God's way. By honoring God, show love, share the word, give, give. There's the scripture. The last one, Matthew 6, 21, NCV. Your heart will be wherever your treasure is. You can put on the, the King James translation and we're done. Listen what it says. Of Matthew 6, 21, Jesus speaking. Chapter 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. By your scudders, where your treasure is. What is your treasure in life? A movie star to be famous, sport. There's nothing wrong. But if that's your treasure, your heart will be there. People who love Harley Davidsons, they will do anything. They will even sell their wives by kilogram per kilogram to buy that Harley or that motorboat or that very expensive car. Now it's okay. God wants you to be blessed and prosperous in every area. But the scripture is 
Where is your heart this morning? If it's not in the kingdom, then your heart will be somewhere else. I cannot say I love God with every fiber of my being. And I don't have time for God. I've learned this. Everything I have, everything I owe belongs to God. Her oldest granddaughter was the size and she visits me and she walks through the house and she said, Opa, if you die, who's getting this? I said, of course you. I was teasing. Then she'd go to the next furniture. Who's this? I said, it's yours. Who's going to get your car? I said, you. A few minutes later, she said, now when are you dying? Now today she's married and she's 27. Listen, everything you will ever be is the grace of God. The fact that you open your eyes this morning. This is Bev and Brother Wilfred and Wilbur and, and uh, Brigitte's grandfather passed away yesterday. Says Brenda Alexander had a stroke yesterday. I was Friday with her. Nothing wrong. It's the grace to run this race. The morning, the question is are you willing to say, not my will? I hand over my will. Somebody once told me they didn't want to be in Cryfontaine. I said, I don't worry. Neither did I want to be here. So, but I'm here for years. Because God said, that's where I am. And here I am. I was telling Pastor Franz before the 8 o'clock service. So we were here just after 7. I said, I took a calling. The AFM called me in Mariental in Namibia. And they promised me everything. What I never had. And as I walk in the foyer of the church, I heard the Lord say, what do you think you're doing here? And I sent a message to the guy who played the music, the organ, and the team. I said, when I say, amen, start the car. I don't want nothing from this church. We're running. We're going to Vintuk. I don't stay here. I'm in trouble with God. And here I am in this town 43 years. If I disobeyed God, I would be in big trouble. I had to hand over my will. Somebody say, not my will, your will, God, be done. Say, your will, not my will. Because my will doesn't carry the guarantee. If you're that person this morning that say, God's will over my will, will you stand with me right now? Father, we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ, we honor you for this moment. Every person watching this broadcast, wherever they are, what country they are watching from, if they say this morning, God, your will, not my will, we hand over. I surrender. I surrender. Say, I surrender. I surrender all unto you, my blessed Savior, because your will is more important than anything else. And I thank you this morning for the will of God to manifest. Sir, the hand of the Lord's upon you this morning from the top of your head till the soles of your feet. Oh, my word, the Lord said, I am 
bulldozing obstacles out of your way. <laughs> what the enemy meant for harm is going to be turned around for the good, say of the Lord. You are seeking and you are thirsty. And you are, say, God, I need more. The Lord said, son, I'm giving you more. You will move in dimensions you have never moved in before. Because the greatness of the power of God is going to infuse you. It's a river that's going to flow out of your belly. You're going to be a person of impact. Hallelujah. I thank you right now, Jesus. I thank you. Fruit is going to be produced like never before. And the Lord said, I've even anointed your hands with greatness so that you can move in this greatness. It's the fruit season of your life that you're going to see how God's going to use you. And they will say, my word, what happened to him? He became a person of impact. You're going to impact and many lives will be impacted by the grace of God. Even for your family, I'm doing the miraculous. Save the Lord this morning. Father, we thank you. We are standing in your presence right now. And we honor you for what you are doing. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, say, God is in this place. Say, God is in this place. Say, I hand over this morning. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender. I surrender. Yes. My blessed Savior. Ask the person next to you, see, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? If they say, I don't know, I'm not sure, so I'm going to help you this morning. I surrender all. I surrender. Surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Oh, I surrender. I surrender. Oh, I surrender all. Surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Ask your neighbor, say, can I lay your ha my hands on you? If you have a situation, we shake it off this morning, every burden. Every we cast away everything that so easily beset us and that wants to hinder you to run this race. Say, shake it off. If you've got a sickness in your body, say, by His stripes you are healed. He has sent His word to heal you from all the diseases this morning. By His stripes, by His stripes, by His stripes you have been made whole. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the healing virtue of Jesus this morning. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet. We thank you, Lord. I surrender. Oh, I surrender all. The word. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the anointing upon her. Thank you for touching this family. 
in the mighty name of Jesus let's lay hands breakthrough is coming for your whole family hallelujah we say thank you Jesus from the top of the head still the soles of the feet the turnaround is going to happen in the mighty name of Jesus the flame of fire of the power of God turn around season Surrender Turn to your neighbor Say you're destined for greatness Say you're all powerful Say God's going to use you In a way that you have never been used before Because you hand over this morning To the King of Glory You hand over your will And when you embrace His will His will is always more much powerful than my own will in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Miss Jean, pray for us and release us. Dear Heavenly Father, we request today that you enable us to do your will. We have surrendered all to you today, Father. We want you to be glorified through our lives, Lord. We say thank you, Father, that you're going to take us on a wonderful journey starting from this moment. And Lord, that we're going to glorify you for you are indeed worthy. Help us to be those apostles of love you desire for us to be. Help us to overcome. Help us to go forth shining brightly for you. Help us, Lord, to be those sons and daughters you desire and have designed for us to be. Lord, we say thank you. We say thank you. And thank you, Lord, that your people are going to be blessed richly and abundantly, exceedingly above anything I could ask, think, or pray for in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. God bless.